All right, folks, welcome back into the high school huddle, bringing you all your Section 5 high school action coverage you can ever possibly hope for. I'm AJ Feldman. Guy next to me virtually is Carl Jones, breaking everything down. We've got sectional finals coming up in football for Class A, semifinals everywhere else, all the other sports. We've had sectional finals. We're on to states. We're just getting to our sectional finals. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Luckily, this week around, it seems like the weather is going to be a whole heck of a lot better for this week <laughs> covering these outdoor games as we are looking up to the heavens above thinking, uh, well, praying that hopefully we stay rain free because it was it was bad last week. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely getting uh, introduced to the life of a sports reporter where, you know, just rain or, you know, higher or low water, however that phrase goes, you know, you just got to. You got to just roll with the punches, man. But, I mean, it's all for the kids. A lot of water. That's that's what that phrase is last. A lot of water. Yeah, a lot of water, for real. But, I mean, it's all for the kids. And even though um, it was tough for us, I'm sure they had fun being able to fight for another week to play football. So, I mean, shout out to all those who are out there playing in, in all the conditions. I mean, a couple <laughs> of them were very, very muddy. So, shout out to those kids for making it through. Yeah, your, your Spencer Ports of the world, your, your low-level – you know, your C's and D's playing in the mud. You know, I mean, obviously we can't beat all these games. We're just looking at these scores for some of these class C games, class D games. They're like six, nothing, 12 to six. Um, I think, I think in one of, I think what I remember, we had like eight scoreboard graphics of this class C and D and B's. I think the losing team only got to double digits once just because it was just so sloppy, so muddy. We had games where nobody got to double digits. Uh, it's a good week to get on turf, that's for sure. Um, I know that a lot of these fields are, are beat up for good. Um, we'll see uh, the conditions of some of these fields if we get out to, uh, you know, look at some of these scores of these games. But, yeah, it was bad. Um, luckily, all our cameras stayed dry. We stayed dry for the most part. You should have seen the sports office, everybody, afterwards. It is, you know, 20 articles of clothing laid out on every possible surface trying to dry these things off. Um, but, yeah, I mean – like you said, all for the kids, uh, but, you know, a lot of rain. <laughs> a lot of rain. Yeah, it, it reminded me of uh, my playing days where you got to go in the uh, locker room and just find any space in that small locker that you had to, to put some clothing up so it could dry, you know, and it was the same thing for us. We were trying to find vents, uh, chairs, <laughs> uh, tables, just anything where we can find it because that wasn't going to go home with me that night, I'll tell you that. That no. was my car, so it was just like uh, – it was definitely an eventful uh, – Friday night, and uh, I'm just happy that we came out and the camera came out all good and tech. Yeah, so looking ahead to this upcoming week, we've got Class A championships. These are um, a couple matchups we've been really looking forward to all season long. Um, well, we're going to start off with the A1 championship. I would say probably the game of the week, U Prep and Brighton. Now, these two teams met early in the season. It was you. It was. Brighton winning 21 to 19 in a really close game that Thad was at. Um, you know, that game was just really down to the wire. That was the game that Jordan Jackson got hurt. Uh, U prep star wide receiver committed to Central Connecticut State. Um, uh, you know, a really tough injury out for the year with a leg injury. He's, you know, grinding out, trying to come back, um, being a practice support like that. But we've both, um, you know, these are two teams that have been playing some really good football down the stretch. Uh, you know, you got your Brennan Claskins, your Taj Jacksons from Brighton, your um, your Clyde Davis Jr. Um, you know, you've got your Ray Kim Chenier and um, just a, a great 
offense in than your Sherrod Watkins of you prep. So this is going to be a heavyweight battle for sure in A1. Uh, 100%. And the names that you just brought up in this time of year where the, where the teams are kind of relatively um, evenly matched, it's going to come down to those guys, you know, those guys making key plays and key moments to find a way um, to put their teams on top. Because, I mean, you've already played a team earlier in the year. You have about nine games of um, nine games on film that the other team has to see. So, like, there's no surprises at this point, right? There's, like, you know what the other team is going to give you. So it's going to be up to your guys, the guys that you trust, to go above and beyond the playbook, above and beyond the expected, to make plays and, and, and to will their teams to victory. And like you said, there's a plethora of players on both sides that can make that happen. So, I mean, I can't wait for this one. I mean, both teams have been battle-tested. You know, they've played close games. they play games where the games have been handled in the first half, right? So, um, I don't think that game – I don't think this game will be, like, the latter, but it'll be a heavyweight matchup, like you said, and I can't wait to see how this one turns out. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how um... – Brighton decides to shut down Ray Kim Chenier and uh, Sherrod Watkins. Um, you know, even last week, a really strong Schrader defense. Um, they held uh, U Prep relatively in check. They only scored twice, but one of them was on a long uh, Ray Kim Chenier touchdown. The other one, another uh, Chenier touchdown. Um, you know, Brighton's got a strong defense. We'll see what they can do with that um, attack. And then Brighton's been running the ball a lot lately. Um, in that game against um, Thomas last week, I believe Plaskins only completed and attempted one pass. Now, granted, this was, you know, tsunami, you know, rainstorm. So you're not going to really air it out. But, you know, you know, you're going to need some both teams has to figure out a way to not just be, you know, Taj Jackson, Brennan Plaskins, not just find a way to be Ray Kim Chenier, you know, can Mark McClary get McClary get going for uh, for you prep? Can Brighton, um, you know, create some vertical passing to their game? Um, I think that's going to be a big uh, determination to who comes out with uh, with that one. The other thing I want to know, you prep. Um, I've seen a, quite a handful of their games. They do have the pretend, um, uh, the frequent. They oftentimes in their game they get some big plays called back by penalties. They've gotten behind schedule on you know false starts, delay games. So in a game where the margin is that tough. You know, it's one thing if you're playing Gates Chyla and you get a long touchdown, you know, called back by, you know, a hold, a punt return touchdown called back. I've seen that happen before this year. You don't get those that many chances against a team like Brighton. So um, it's going to be up to them to really play a strong, technically sound game to go up against a team that Brighton that hasn't been defeated all year. And that's a great point that you bring up, because at this time of year, you got to be clicking on all cylinders, whether that's um, the tangibles, the things that you can't control, and then the intangibles, right? So when it comes to just keeping your head on straight and not committing, like, silly penalties, um, as you as you talked about, that's huge in a game like this because in a game like this, you always want to be on script and on schedule, right? Because the second that you get off script is the second that things start to go haywire, and that's a start you start to, like, I guess you can just say, um, start to over, overdo things and try to do too much, and then when that starts to happen, turnovers, penalties, frustration starts to tip, uh, starts to set plays and, and creep in. So it's like in a game like this, you got to be clean and you have to have to make sure that everything stays on schedule because a playoff game, things get a little bit more tense. And like you said, when you when you get a long touchdown call back in the regular season, all right, cool, like we're going to get it back. And it's against Gage Shylock, cool, I'll get it the next play, right? That's not happening against a team like Brighton or these the further that you go on to the playoffs teams are getting much better and the chances that you're going to get those 70 80 yard long touchdown runs or few and far in between so it's like 
you got to play a clean football game this time of year. And uh, another thing that will, um, you know, make this game a good one, both quarterbacks, Fred and Klaskins, Clyde Davis Jr., multi-year starters, um, both great at um, keeping the ball. They don't commit a lot of turnovers. I don't think, gee, I don't know if I've seen a, a turnover from any of these guys when I've seen them play this year. Obviously, you know, I'm sure there are some, but they, they do a great job of protecting the football. Um, we'll be sure um, it'll be just a great game to watch. The other game in Class A, we talk about uh, staying on schedule, um, you know, not committing penalties. This game, Canandaigua Spencerport, you know, they played in the regular season, 31-13, Canandaigua. Spencerport played them tight in the first half. Things got away. I was at this game. I was at this game last year when they met in the sectional semifinals in Class A, um, last year being this past spring. Spencerport's going to have to play a perfect ball game to beat Canandaigua. It's, you know, they can do it. They play them 10 times, you know, Maybe we give one of them to Spencerport, but Canandaigua was just good. They're good in every facet of the game. It's going to be really tough to beat them. Um, they, Spencerport has their work cut out for them um, this uh, upcoming Friday night against Canandaigua. And I think what we talked about a little bit earlier, I think this is kind of like a, a battling of philosophies when it comes to like a coaching style. Spencerport, their idea is, we know you know what we're going to do. We know what we're going to do. What we do is better than anything that you can provide for us, that you can stop, right? And then on the other hand, Canada was like, we're so versatile in so many different ways. Try to key on one thing and we'll do the other. So it's an interesting battle of philosophies and Spencer support. Everyone in the stadium knows what the three plays are that Spencer support is going to run, right? You know, it's either up the middle, quarterback, you know, we, we get it, right? And then on the other hand, Canada with up the middle, you know, deep passes, short passes, trick plays, special teams, like the defense sometimes can create and, and score for them. So it's an interesting style that, um, Usually, in my opinion, this late in the year, you want to be versatile because you don't um, want to be predictable. And as Canandaigua has shown over the past uh, few matchups, they have a Spencer Porter. They, they do a pretty good job of knowing what's coming and stopping it. So um, we'll see if Spencer Porter maybe can provide a couple wrinkles, you know, because, I mean, you don't want to be stubborn in your philosophies to a fault. So um, it'll be a good one, like you said. I, I'm interested to see if Spencer Porter can change some things up and and see if they can finally take down uh, the Braves. Yeah, I don't uh, have the exact number in front of me, but I remember reading some previews of the, the regular season matchup. It's been quite a while since Spencerport has been able to beat Canandaigua, multiple years at that. And like you said, um, you know, in that regular season game, Spencerport did everything right in that first half. They, they recovered an onside kick to start off the game. They got points on a, um, both of their drives. They had long sustained a touchdown drive. They, they kept the clock moving. They tried to, you know, shorten the game as much as possible. They forced a turnover in the first half. It wasn't close to being enough. It was 31-13 final. Uh, Canandaigua, they got a, a big punt return touchdown or a big punt return that led to a touchdown in the second half. It's just really tough to beat them. And I think they might have to go a little bit out of their comfort zone. You know, they, I mean, they're, they're going to win this game based on, you know, their triple wing offense um, or the double wing offense. But, you know, they've, they've busted out some, like, reverse passes, you know, short stuff. Nothing crazy down the field, but, you know, they might have to do that more often because they're going to have to figure out some way to crack Canandaigua. Um, it's a really tough task to do. This is no disrespect to Spencerport. Um, this, this is like, uh, you know, you're, you're one of your SEC teams trying to beat Alabama. Like, you, you got to be on your game. You got to do everything you can. Um, it's just tough to do, and we'll see if they can do it. They're still ranked number three in the states. Um, you know, we we expect them 
uh, to go on a pretty deep run if they if they can make it through section five, uh, which they're favored to do. And uh, someone's going to have to beat them eventually, or they're, <laughs> they're just going to win it all, which they very well might. Um, it's going to take a good effort by anybody who beats them. Yeah, um, good point, for sure. You just got to make sure that you stay on schedule and on script, like we talked about earlier with the uh, previous game. So, because that, <laughs> that double and be, and be perfect. No, no pressure. You just got to be perfect. You got to force turnovers. You got to not commit turnovers. You got to make big plays. You got to stop big plays. I mean, come yeah. on. How hard is it? Just yeah, go second, out and do it. The second and 13 will not be a good thing for this uh for this game. Maybe Spencer Port could have petitioned to play this game on the Spencer Port muddy field. Um <laughs> now if that was the case, if like I'm not a gambling man by any means, but man, that would be an interesting spot. That game was a- that would adjust the line a little bit. Um uh, but no, they're playing at a um that one's gonna be played over at Schrader, I believe. Um uh, I think is where it's at. Turf field for all these games, individual sites. Um Moving on to uh, to class AA, these these uh, all these other classes are still in the semifinals because next week the class A schools are going to play each other to be the state representative to be class A. Double um, A, we've got uh, McQuaid and Victor. These two teams met early in the regular season, twenty nine to six. McQuaid with the big win. Um, we kind of expect this to be a, a maybe a similar score. Um, Victor had a nice showing against Hilton. But um, they're going to have to put an even nicer showing uh, against McQuaid to come up with that win. We'll see if Zay Collier plays. Uh, he did leave their Pittsburgh game um, after taking a big hit over the middle of the field by week last week. So we don't know anything about that. Um, certainly, uh, we hope to see him out there. Uh, the big one to watch for in this one, Aquinas at Pittsburgh. These two teams met uh, in mid-September, 42-21 to 21 the final with Aquinas winning. But this is a much different Pittsburgh team than played them in September. They've got Jackson Green back, uh, um, and this this is going to be, you know, if it if it, you know, a championship level matchup in the semifinals, and uh, it's going to be really great to see um, Aquinas and Pittsburgh play off in the semifinal matchup. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I can't wait for this because I haven't gotten a chance to see Pittsburgh yet this year. Heard a lot of great things about them and Jackson Green as we talked about at hand on this uh, podcast. But um, also, you know, they get they the return of Will Benjamin for yep. for Aquinas and man, it was his impact felt last week. Um, I mean, they jumped out to an early lead last week on Fairport, I believe. Yeah, Fairport. Yep. And, and it was twenty zero on the first. Quarter. I mean, they're they with Will Benjamin in the fold, they have a multitude of ways that they can attack you and come at you. So um, with Amaje Giddens and him, it's just Michael White. You know, it's with him back in the fold, that makes that offense that much more dangerous. And that wasn't the team that I saw previously against Hilton. Uh, against Hilton, they struggled to uh, move the ball at times. I'm not going to say the entire game because they still put up like a, in the mid-20s, I want to say. Mm-hmm. But with Will Benjamin in the fold, that's a different team. I can't wait for this one. Um, like we talked about earlier with the um, Brighton U prep game. Brighton U prep game. There's stars everywhere on this game in this matchup. So, once again, whose star is going to be able to, to you know, rise to the top and make the key play at a key moment, whether it's a third and long, when you need a conversion, um, whether your, your offense is in a rut, you just need a play, you know, mm-hmm. who is going to be that guy. So, I mean, we'll see who steps up. And um, this is what you dream of when you're a kid. Like you want to be in this moment or, you know, like in the playoffs, being the guy who pushes your team to the next round. Right. Like, so I, I can't wait to see who grabs that moment and, uh, and, and runs with it. Yeah, and, you know, Jackson Green obviously attracts um, extra attention anytime he, he's out there wide. Uh, last week, it was the Nick Senko show for Pittsburgh. Um, big, you know, 
It was a, a, a wet game, uh, as we have obviously mentioned. He scored four touchdowns, had over 200 yards on the ground. Um, so that's another dynamic threat that they have to worry about. Jack Scran on the outside, Nick Sanko up the middle. And like you said, Amaje Giddens, it's not just the Will Benjamin show. Obviously, Will Benjamin adds an entirely different dimension to that offense. But, you know, they have, they have multiple ways to beat you, both of these teams. I'm sure these coaching staffs have been uh, devising all kinds of strategies and plans. They've been up all night this week. Their wives have barely seen them at all this week, uh, you know, trying to figure out this game plan. Uh, you know, it's going to be a, a big test. And, you know, this is why we mentioned um, in this regular season when it was coming down the stretch, once we saw Pittsburgh was legit, having that one seed of McQuaid, no offense to Victor, you get a team like Victor, um, it's a lot different than getting a team like Pittsburgh in that round. You know, who knows if Victor can pull off the upset, they're riding high, but uh, I'm sure McQuaid uh, is, is very happy to not be seeing Jackson Green this early in the playoffs. I, I say so. I mean, I'm not going to bet on it, but I'm, I say so. <laughs> I would say so as well. Uh, Class B action, semifinals. We got HFL, Honey Falls Lima, taking on uh, Dansville Waco. These teams did not meet in the regular season, but uh, – HFL undefeated for the regular season. Um, we, we, you know, they've had a great, great season coming off their sectional championship. Uh, Danzel Waco's got their hands full. Um, they have not been able to compete with uh, the upper tier teams uh, so far in Class B. Uh, they they played, um, uh, Bata or, uh, yeah, Batavia just a few weeks ago wasn't uh, particularly close. Um, so, we, you know, HFL probably should take care of business there. The other big one, uh, another great two, three matchup where we talk about having that one seed's important, Batavia and Wayne, uh, both of these teams uh, played HFL super tight uh, one point games in the regular season. These, these Batavia and Wayne did not meet in the regular season. Uh, Mason Blankenberg did not play in their quarterfinal matchup. So we'll see if the Wayne star quarterback can go. Um, that would certainly be an X factor, you know, to say the least, but these two teams have, uh, shown that they're more than worthy of their ranking. And, uh, this, this should be another great game as well. And a, and a great two, three matchup. Yeah, hundred percent. I've seen both teams. Uh, I think once this year I saw Batavia taking on HFL and that was, a, I think that was my introduction to, uh, the five, a five football was just the atmosphere and how, how good of a game it was all the way down to the wire. So um, I know both teams um, are excellent in that regard. And also I've seen Wayne this year. I saw them um, try to take down the uh, ER Granada bomber, Bombers. Um, that was a, um, a close game that they um, just ran out of gas at the end and the Bombers just pulled away. But I could tell from that game, though, they were still a, a fantastic football team. So um, like you said, it's going to be a, a fantastic one. Uh, I, I, we talked about this last week a little bit, but just the lore that you get in the divisions, I'm, and this obviously isn't class C or D, but just it's a certain it's a certain feeling with the smaller schools and the, the feeling that the football has with it. And like when we're getting to these close matchups, like we have with Wayne and uh, Wayne and Batavia, man, it's going to be some uh, some proud parents uh, Friday night. Yeah, and we've we've dubbed this year the year of the extra point. This game's officially on uh, PAT watch where, you know, these teams might score the same amount of touchdowns and not come up with the same amount of points. So uh, I'm just going to kind of throw that out there to the universe. This game's officially on year of the PAT watch. Uh, that's how close we think uh, this game might be this time around. Uh, moving on to class C, we've got East Rochester, Gananda taking on uh, Letchworth, Warsaw, Perry. These two teams met 
in week one of the regular season, 32-14, the final East Rochester Gananda. We've liked them all season long. And uh, Leroy, ha- Leroy taking on Haverling, um, another strong 2-3 matchup. None of these two teams played. Uh, those two teams did not play in the regular season. Um, most likely playing for the right to take on East Rochester Gananda, who um, it has been the favorites in Class C all year long. And uh, at this point, we have no reason to think otherwise. Yeah, I don't have any reason. They've, they've, uh, they've played well in uh, Class C, and they've also taken down Wayne, who was a formidable opponent, opponent in Class B. So um, the Bombers are a fantastic ball club, and I'm looking forward to see if they can handle business this week and possibly next week as well. In Class D, top-seeded, uh, highly state-ranked Oakfield, Alabama Alba, taking on uh, Calmum, Byron Bergen. This game was a big blowout in the regular season matchup. 50 to 15. Um, and then in class D Avon taking on Alexander, Alexander, a low scoring affair to start in the regular season, 12, 10 with the Avon win. Um, so, you know, like we said, these, these small, these small schools, some of these, sometimes it comes down to just the littlest margins. Um, Avon Alexander, they've played some tight games over the years. Uh, they met in the, I believe that was, uh, the sectional championship game last year. Um, and I think Avon won pretty handedly that one. Um, so, th- so another another good matchup uh, in Class D that we've got. I haven't seen any of these teams, unfortunately, just because of the way our schedules worked. And um, but they always on my radar and close and near to dear my heart with my agenda when it comes to small schools and, and football and small towns. So uh, I hope that everyone comes out of this game relatively safe and healthy, and that the great games and that they are not played on grass like they were last week and get a little bit more. A little more scoring and not as much uh, uh, <laughs> six to zero football game. Yeah, and yes, it was Avon last year in the Class D championship game, forty-two to seven over Alexander. So I'm sure Alexander um, certainly remembers that game, and they want a little bit of revenge this time around. Uh, maybe knocking off uh, the two-seeded Avon Braves, and then in Class Eight, or uh, excuse me, an eight-man football. Red Jacket versus Pembroke uh, in one semifinal. Frewsburg versus Canastia Greenwood. You know, it's the Red Jacket show until anyone can say otherwise. I don't think we have too much to say about this other than Red Jacket's good, and uh, we'll see if anybody can take them down in this class uh, eight-man they're tournament. All right. I think they're all right. They're all right. <laughs> they're pretty good. All right, um, so there's all our football breakdown. Uh, time to head into uh, some of the other sports. Uh, Carl has been Mr. Soccer this week, uh, you know, covering all these sectional championship games. He said uh, some great ones, uh, some tight ones. Some ones that technically didn't even have a winner. A winner. <laughs> we took out uh, the PKs. Uh, the entire sports office uh, is not the biggest fan of that rule. Um, but, you know, we can maybe get that in, into a little bit later at a different show. Uh, Carl, um, you've seen a lot of soccer, um, especially in the, in the past week, a lot of sectional finals. We'll start with uh, what you've seen from the girls' side. What was the, the biggest thing that stood out to you over the past, uh, you know, week or so? Uh, that that girls' soccer team that resides in Spencer Court is pretty deep. Sport, um, I would say no. Uh, they're they're a, a phenomenal team. I mean, they're deep, and I think the one thing that I noticed because uh, I've seen them a lot this year, but seeing them in this setting, um, uh, obviously they're talented. They have a, a, a few Division One commits on that team, uh, young and old. But the, I think the one thing that I took away from this game is how passionate they were. And it's funny when I saw that uh, you did a, st- a story on them, and one of the pictures that you used was a picture of Alyssa Hackett. Uh, with, with doing like that and she did that to the uh to the brighton student section which was cracking me up 
We but love it. We love to see it. We love to see. I love the the, the chitter chatter and the yapping back and forth. I love it. And um, that type of uh, energy is contagious. Shout out to Oh, they've Jarvis. got Moxie. They've got mad Moxie over there at Spencer Ford. It's contagious. Shout out to Jarvis Landry. But it, it's so infectious and and that type of energy. Obviously, when you're a talented team, that obviously is first and foremost the most important thing. But the intangible things such as that just swagger, that just that just mm, that no matter what we feel like that we're going to be in control of this that matters this time of year when when the when the margin starts to you know with the talent margin starts to dwindle down a tad bit and i mean whether you got uh kendall mesh camera mesh's little sister in the back like you know holding down the four and then you got brita han lebrongo you know Alyssa hackett like they're all up front you know doing their thing it, that that team from front to back, top to bottom, they are legit just a bunch of girls who just no matter what, they always feel as if they're going to come out on top. So shout out to them for that. And then the Penfield Fairport game, I know technically both teams <laughs> technically are uh, class AA champions, so I want to give them credit for that. And um, we'll revisit that rule at an another date like we talked about. But um, just shout out to Penfield. There's, uh, I think there's 16 and uh, one, on, one, and one on the year or something like that. They're, they're 16 and one on the year, they're Similar to Spencer Ford, the record is almost flawless. Um, and shout out to them for advancing to the uh, to states. Um, and that was just another game where it was hard fought to the end and uh, cold. But uh, and then that was just a fun game, to say the least. Yeah, you know, I was out uh, at Spencer Ford this week doing a story on them, and I think I think you're right. I think they have the perfect mindset where you know they they know to respect all of their opponents. They know that they have to be strong. But at the same time, they know they're really damn good. And I think they have the perfect mindset of, you know, in these big games, you know, you need to have, not, you know, it's very important to respect your opponent, take things one game at a time, you know, all those good cliches. It, it, it helps to have some confidence in yourself when, you know, and, and they were saying like, um, you know, it's, it's really funny hearing about, you know, what their success is measured against because, you know, they talk about that, that uh, that Brighton game and the in the championship game, they're like, you know, we had some some troubles. It was one to one early. It was three to two at the half. Like that's that's their panic meter for this season. Like a one to one game. Like being up three two at the half. Two was the most number of goals they've given up all year, and one of them was an own goal. Where you know, obviously, you don't want to give those up, but it's not really really indicative of the way your defense played. They've given up six goals all season long. Um, they are at. Uh, um, 14 clean sheets in 19 games. And um, just want to give out some more shout outs. Um, it is uh, it's Emma Taylor in the back on defense leading the way for them. I asked one of uh, their players, I believe it might've been Lily Brongu said it. Um, I was like, so what, so what makes your defense so good? Uh, they were like, we have an Emma Taylor. Like it just really helps when you have that. It's just, you know, they're, they're at a different level. Um, they've got, um, they've got it. They've got a pretty tough matchup in uh, um, in their in their far west regional game against Grand Island. Um, that is the Section Six representative. They are also very um, pretty highly ranked in the state. As I as I try and bring it up right now, um, Spencerport. They've been um, they've actually been more well respected in national rankings. They're third in the state right now. They're actually um, tied for eighth in the country, um, which. <laughs> 
I mean, here's your Minnesota background. Uh, the top team is Edina. They lost today. So there's there's going to be some movement in the top. Uh, Edina out in Minnesota. There, you're breaking news from, from the things I see on my Twitter feed from spending two years in Minnesota. Um, so not everybody's uh, in cable. Yeah, Grand Island, they're fourth in the state right now in the Class uh, A rankings. Spencer Port third. So they're going to have their hands full the rest of the way. Um, not that there are any easy games, but there's no easy more games for Spencer Port uh, the rest of the way. And then Carl, you were a lot of uh, boys soccer games. Uh, what do you got for us there? Uh, a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of dramatics in those in those boys soccer games. Yeah, I would say so. And similar to uh, to Spencer Port out, the Hilton game kind of got me the same vibe of not necessarily maybe the same level of dominance as Spencer Port. But there's a certain moxie and swagger that the Hilton team has that um, that was just apparent from Cody Cavuto on down. Cody Cavuto, baby. Oh, yeah, the Cody Cavuto show. He scored two goals once again uh, in the first half, and that was all they needed because their defense um, kept uh, Miles Palmer in check and wasn't allowed, didn't really allow him to do much of anything. I don't, I don't, I can't really remember it. Remember, it, even he had a shot on goal. Like, that's how impressive their defense was. But um, they, that was an impressive game. Um, I've seen them a few times, and Cody Vudo stood out both times because he's pretty darn good at the at the football sport. Uh, he uh, that was just a phenomenal game. Um, I can't wait to see how they uh, do in the Far West Regional next. And then um, the other game in Class A that I was able to see was Sutherland versus Churchville Chilai. Another game where it was zero zero the entire regulation. Neither team could get much of going much of anything going on offense. Um, and then overtime about. Six or seven minutes in, they found a way to uh, to hit the, the game winner. Um, something that fooled me with the camera work, just because of how the the, the goal went. But uh, it was just another great game. Um, I'm happy this time of year that the games are a little tighter, so I asked for a little bit of drama at the end. Um, so shout out to the to the Knights for uh, advancing, and shout out to the Cadets and the Cody Cavuto show for uh, for putting on the show. Yeah, that, those those four teams in Class AA all this season, McQuaid. Penfield, Fairport, Hilton. You knew that these were going to be some great semifinals and finals certainly live up to the challenge. And, you know, for Hilton to, you know, not that two to nothing is an easy win. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly maybe more, it's, it's a two goal game as opposed to a one goal game in overtime, which we've been seeing a lot of these times. So certainly that bodes well for their state chances. And then in class A, you know, Sutherland, um, I believe this is three in a row for Sutherland. Do I have that right? Um, right this is the third straight uh, sectional championship. Yeah, and they, they beat Churchville Chile last year. It was a 2-0 game. So these are two teams that have a lot of respect uh, for each other. Um, I saw a little bit of the stream, actually. Uh, you could just see, uh, you know, the, the handshakes, the hugs at the end of the game, uh, a well-fought battle. Um, both of those two teams, um, I think, have a strong chance to do something really well in the state tournament. Pittsford Sutherland ranked second in the state. So certainly, um, you know, a state favorite, to say the least. Um, taking things inside over to some volleyball action. Um, we've gotten the matchup we've been waiting for all year. It's going to be Penfield and Victor in the class AA championship game. Um, I was at this game last year. You were at one of these games in the regular season. They ended up splitting in the regular season. Um, Penfield eventually pulling off a sweep of Victor um, in the latter half of the season. Um, when I was at this game last year, it was the Emma Workmeister show for Victor um, by far and away. On a, on, a, on a game and a match with many talented players. She was just at a step above. Um, she was the difference in this game or in that game last year. 
I'll be interested to see um, who else rises up to that level, whether or not Penfield can shut her down or contain her to a certain, uh, you know, standard. And would not be surprised if this game goes five sets. Um, that's just, you know, how strong these two teams have been all year. Victor one in the state, Penfield number two. Yeah, like, like you said, I can't wait for that one. That one, that game has a some firepower to it on both sides, where the the sounds of uh, of the of the kills are a little bit different in those. Uh, yeah. in that, that, it's it's like uh, it's like when you're you know golfing with your buddies and you hear some drives or whatever. Then you go to like a PGA Tour event, um, and it just sounds differently. Everything sounds differently. That's uh, that's the level of action in a Penfield Victor game. Yeah, that, that's a perfect way to describe it. Yeah, it just sounds different when you're at that game, right? And then for the game that I went to last night, it was Sutherland versus Churchville Chila. And um, coming into it, Sutherland was the one seed. And I mean, ranked well, number four in the state also, uh, Sutherland. Churchville Chila didn't care. No, they did not care one iota. I mean, they came out and dominated early, winning the first set 25 to 14. So clearly there was no fear in their hearts at all. Um, and Sutherland eventually um, won game two. But after that, it was all Chila. Um, the student section for, for Churchville was phenomenal. I mean, they were at least 12 rows deep. Uh, it, was, it, was, it, it, it was unfortunate because the way that the, the security was, I had to film it uh, next to the student section and not behind either. Uh, it, that, that was a, that's another story for a different day. But I was directly <laughs> up to the, to the student section. And, man, what I tell you, that they were passionate into it. And when you're in an enclosed environment like that, as you know, that matters in a, in a game like that where any little thing can throw you off your hookup and you hear something from the crowd. But those girls out there on the court, regardless of the things outside of the lines, they did their things, especially Audrey Vo, when um, when they needed a, a crucial point to settle, um, settle things down and prevent and stop a huge Sutherland run that they went on at several times in the match. She put a stop to it. Um, so... Shout out to the five seed taking down the number four team set ranked in the state. Yeah, fourth in the state. So, and then now they're meeting up with Aronicoy, who they split early in the regular season, where they split their meetings in the regular season. So, a three five matchup for the uh class A championship that's uh definitely a little bit out of the ordinary, but I mean, hey, that's what you got to we, gain. I, we've seen this in volleyball in the past, um, especially you know, I think the A bracket last year was also pretty crazy. I think it was uh a seven, eight matchup in the championship game last year. So there's a lot of upsets in these, in these, uh, these volleyball, you know, um, you know, these class A's and B's that we see. So um, yeah, that's, that should definitely be a good one as well. And you mentioned, you know, these student sections, you know, I've been around a lot of volleyball. My sister, uh, she played high level club and went on to play D one. So I've been a lot of these, uh, these volleyball matches, student section matters it's a lot of pressure um you know you get that timeout called when you're when you're serving up 24 22 get a lot of time to think about your serve it's a lot of pressure um i feel like just because of the start and stop nature you have a lot of time to think in volleyball about what you're kind of doing um so certainly that makes a big difference um as well and then the other uh the class b matchup HFL versus Wayne HFL, your defending sectional champs. Um, these two teams have not met in the regular season, so we don't have a ton to, uh, to go off of there, but that should be another great one as well. We'll see if HFL um, can build off their championship last year and make it two and zero and try and go on a, a state tournament run. This is another game that, you know, hopefully uh, it's a good one and not a sweep and the, and everyone that's at the game gets their money, uh, their money's worth. And then uh, boys volleyball. We haven't seen a ton of boys volleyball. Um, we'll, we'll quickly touch on what we've got um, in class B. 
one of our they're they're in the semifinals right now. Class B semifinal is set. Um, one of them at least, Spencer Port and Aranda Coit. Spencer Port has been the top dog in Class B all year. Um, this this semifinal game will be a rematch of last year's championship game where Spencer Port won the sweep. Um, Spencer Port swept them earlier this season. They also won another match. Um, I believe it was in five. Um, Spencer Ports only have one loss all season to Penfield, who is in the Class AA uh, semifinals. Uh, it'll be Penfield and Fairport who beat McQuaid, which is a big win. If you know anything about boys volleyball in this area, McQuaid is a tough out. Um, they were in the finals last year, so props to Fairport. Um, Fairport beat McQuaid in the quarterfinals after losing to McQuaid in the last game of the regular season, so certainly they were able to turn that one around. Um, and then in the other... Um, uh, Class AA semifinal matchup. It's Webster versus Victor Pittsford. Most likely, Victor Pittsford will play Edison earlier today. Um, but Webster has already beaten Victor twice so far this season. And uh, Carl, you've actually you actually saw Victor play McQuaid, um, who we thought you know McQuaid was our one of our top dogs. Penfield's obviously you know I believe very very highly ranked they're a well-deserved one seed but uh, a great showing by victor to beat mcquade and uh who knows maybe they can be kind of a dark horse in this double a bracket no for sure because oh once that mcquade game and mcquade was uh, they were legit i mean yeah like there's no other way to say it so for that to happen i mean wow shout out to them for that and as you talked about with the girls volleyball where you know the things bounce a certain way you know and some days are just yours and some days they're just not so um who knows what may happen and um and, um, and we'll see what, where, how far Victor can take this. And then uh, we do have field hockey. Um, our Class B team is done. It was uh, Pittsburgh Menden, um, our sectional championship, beating Sutherland uh, 2-0 in the uh, Section 5 championship game. They lost in their, uh, their first state tournament game in a penalty shootout um, to Vestal. Uh, so a tough, a tough uh, end of the line for Menden. Um, our Class A representative, uh, Penfield, they will be playing this uh, Saturday um, in the state term as well. They were able to defeat their opponent uh, in their first round game. Um, so Penfield is moving on. I've seen, I saw Penfield in the, uh, the sectional championship game where they were able to win 2-0. It was uh, Gabby Curtis is taking over for Penfield right now. She uh, scored both of their goals in the Class A championship game to beat Brighton. In, uh, the, in the first state tournament game they played, um, it was Gabby Curtis scoring with uh, just over a minute, um, under two minutes left in the game to beat Maine Endwell uh, to advance to the regionals. So, you know, Penfield hasn't had the strongest um, regular season. They lost to both Menon and Sutherland. It was kind of a situation this year where our, our Class B teams were stronger the regular season, the Class A teams. Um, but, you know, we'll see if Penfield can beat... Uh, They've got Clarence on Saturday at Pittsburgh Sutherland High School. So a local game, uh, maybe that home field advantage will come into effect. But uh, yeah, this is what this is what we're getting down to. We're, we're into state tournaments. We're into, you know, scouting our section six Buffalo teams and things like that. It's, uh, it's a really fun time. Um, we'll be here uh, for all of it, uh, especially, you know, as these football brackets really heat up. Uh, we've been going at it for quite a time. Uh, Carl, you got anything, any last words for us here? Nah, just, you know, it's going to be the time of your lives out there for all the kids out there. So, you know, just have fun. You know, don't let the moment get too big. And um, that's all I got for you. And uh, savor every moment. Savor, there we go. You tell me, the best pregame speech you ever heard.
All right. Uh, so we will be back here next week. Um, uh, there's a chance you're listening to this on Spotify right now. We're trying to get this up on Spotify um, in, in podcast form. Hopefully this gets on there in the future. Um, um, so you, you'll be able to find this on rochesterfirst.com eventually, possibly already on Spotify. We got lots of ways to get you all this Section 5 action. Um, it'll be myself and Carl Jones. Uh, maybe Thad Brown will make a cameo over once in a while. Um, but yeah, we are, we are excited to bring you all this content. Uh, it's a great time to be a high school sports fan. I feel like I'm saying this every week because it's just been so dang good uh, the past couple of weeks. Uh, but we will see you next Thursday on the High School Huddle. I'm AJ Feldman. He's Carl Jones. Have a, a great week of watching some Section 5 sports and uh, try and stay dry out there.